Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. To me, the, the simple thing is just to be curious about what reality is, Assume you're not in it in one way at any given moment. Commit to really wanting to abide with it. And to the degree you have influence on others, do the same. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Subjectivism has, in many ways, caused the steady decay of the economy, the news, and our shared reality. But there's a common solution to all of those problems. To conclude this series, I'll outline the one brave step you can take to help yourself and the people you manage to escape the distortions of our subjective reality. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. This is where the Dunning-Kruger effect comes in, right? If you believe a certain thing, for a really long time about your religion, about your political party, about key people in your life or your experience, and then you're given new data that doesn't fit with the belief, what happens? The backfire effect in the vast majority of people. People will double down on the belief rather than let it go. And well, this is only the cause of just about every problem in the world. Right? So... Back to the faithfulness in reality. You know, like um, I once was talking to a guy, educated professional guy, and uh, I said something in a business setting that I should not have, which I'm much, getting much better at not doing. But somehow a topic that should not happen in a uh, more formal business setting came up, and that was the topic of genocide. And I was talking about uh, how the genocide of the Jews by the Nazis is, uh, you know, one of probably the most famous and publicized genocide uh, in the history of our world when there are a ton of other genocides that don't get a whole lot of press, including the Native American genocide where, uh, you know, we killed um, Americans, colonists killed 20 to 50 million Native Americans, depending on who you ask. And he, he, he was shocked. He's like, how dare you say that? I, I said, what? He said, that's not true. Because, and I was... I had a couple of glasses of wine in me. I was quite disoriented at that time because he could not take in that. that ha- I mean, he obviously was never taught that, but it confronted his um, sense of patriotism, his sense of nationalism, his sense of loyalty and love for the country. It couldn't be possible that that were the case. And there's an example of why uh, on our hearts and minds so um, so much more is the Nazi genocide way more than the Native American genocide, which really ought to be on every American's mind 
every once in a while, certainly anytime they see a Native American person, you know, like that's kind of a big deal. And never mind the, all the land we stole from the Mexicans, you know, and manifest destiny in general. You know, so these kinds of things, um, people go back to their beliefs that, uh, well, America's good and I'm good and we're a good people. Okay, yeah. And mistakes happen, sometimes big ones, and that's true too. But people are not sophisticated enough to be able to put all that in one thought. So what is it? I mean, if you double down like that, is it, is it because it affects your pride? Is it, is it a pride thing? Is shame. It, shame. What? Pride is, is the cousin to it. Yes. It's shame. Shame. Okay. Because if you took a thousand people who didn't know about the Native American genocide, a thousand Americans, and then you, you know, did a presentation for them about the facts of it, and then interviewed them about what feelings it brought up, you know, if you dug deep enough and they were honest enough, you'd get to shame. I feel shame about it. I had nothing to do with it, but there's a contraction like, oh God, that's awful that that happened. That's not a pleasant feeling. It doesn't make me proud to be an American, you know? And so most people don't have the emotional fortitude to be able to actually experience that. And they want to believe that all things America does, it's the greatest country in the world, right? That's like the why does it have to be the greatest country in the world? And, and by the way, what's the criteria? What makes it the great? Well, and, 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 and we need to make it great again, right? That was the Trump campaign. Well, what would that mean? And how does it happen? Right? None of that's discussed. When did it stop being great? What was the moment? Right? None of those people can answer that, not with any kind of specificity. So again, accountability would have been if every journalist who ever talked to a Trump supporter said, so what's the greatness that's missing here? When did we lose it? And how are we going to get it back exactly? If there'd been accountability around that and critical thinking, we might end up with a different outcome. Certainly we would have ended up with a more intelligent debate. But journalists, they're one of the institutions that was supposed to be holding everyone accountable to reality. And how it became allowed for them to be owned by uh, private businesses, I don't know how that happened, but that never should have been allowed. In favor of who, though? Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. They can't be run by the government. Uh, so I guess they have to be private. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. But no. them being owned, them being, however it is now, isn't working. <laughs> I don't know, maybe all their salaries should be paid for right out of our taxes. So like individuals fund journalism and then they're accountable to the people somehow. I don't know. But that's... that's you mean a, like politicians are? Oh, right. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the solution is. <laughs> Give me more than 10 minutes. I'll maybe figure it out. But however it is now, it's not working, right? Because that, those are the organizations we look to when we open up our you know, browser or turn on the TV and say, what's happening in reality now? And, you know, for a very long time, that's been like, uh, you know, one of my professors once said, news is something that someone else, uh, somewhere else wants you to believe is true. Yeah. Well, I haven't looked to them for a long time. Yeah. So wh- what do we do? We can't trust our news in- institutions for a take on reality because subjectivism has totally screwed up news. I don't know what news looked like in 
uh, pre Descartes. Definitely wasn't on the internet. <laughs> so you see the problem we have here. Subjectivism and shame and beliefs, it just makes a big mess. And it's all solved by one thing, a commitment to reality, come what may. And in this subjectivistic era, that's the bravest thing you can do. Because if you dare, just like Ayn Rand's heroes in all of her books, if you dare to, to commit to reality, even if it's unpopular and you piss people off, you can be ostracized, targeted. Murdered. Murdered, yeah. You know, Martin Luther King comes to mind, Malcolm X. You know, people get murdered for that kind of stuff. That's, to me, the deepest courage there is these days, precisely because we live in such a subjectivistic world. But either we're going to return to reality or eventually the human race will die out. Now, the human race is going to die out anyway, probably. All species seem to have a coming and going kind of thing. But like, you know, it could be the difference between 50 years and 5 million years. (laughs) And I, for one, think that the human human species should survive just because I think think that's intrinsic, right? We have an intrinsic self-survival mechanism, right? We have that. That's intrinsic. The human being is designed to want to be. So for the most part, people don't kill themselves. Vast majority of people don't kill themselves. And if you put them in a survival situation, they will go through extreme measures to not die, right? Intrinsic. We want to live. Now, when it comes to the survival of the species, we tend to get kind of tunnel vision there, right? There's giant seas of plastic in the ocean. And we don't go, hmm, that could begin to threaten the existence. If Whenever I eat fish, I'm eating some of that plastic, that eventually is probably not good for my individual survival. That's a leap we can't exactly make. Tangled web. Yeah, There's isn't it? Whole thread and all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's, it's where do you stop pulling the thread? And it's really an interesting conundrum. Yeah. Well, to me, the, the simple thing is just to be curious about what reality is. Assume you're not in it in one way at any given moment. Commit to really wanting to abide with it. And to the degree you have influence on others, do the same. Mm-hmm. Probably every, every person here has a way in which they're not living in reality and a way in which someone close to them is not living in reality. How long does it take? A year? A month? A moment? How long does it take to make that shift? That's the governing dynamic of change. That's the embodiment gap. How, how quickly can you move from not true to true? When the government did that bailout thing, they kicked the can down the road, said economic problems, yeah, serious financial reform. Mm, let's put a Band-Aid on this. We'll deal with it later. Now, eventually, tax man's going to come. Reality is going to show up and say, okay, this play money you guys have been dealing with doesn't work anymore. It's housing market, same thing, right? Speculation, house prices go up and they collapse. They go up, collapse. And it's just assume, well, that's just how it works. No, that's not how it works. That's what happens when people make up stuff. You know, I'm glad to hear you say that because um, I think there is a, there's a belief among 
people who think about that kind of stuff in kind of a mainstream way that um, that the business cycle is simply a reality of life. Yes. I, I think it's, I, I believe that that's not true. I believe it's made up. Well, my take on it more specifically than your general take on it is that governments created by uh, flooding the money of uh, the economy with, with uh, money that is created out of thin air. And why is it created out of thin air? Here's a whole other way. Yeah, thanks for bringing it. Here's a whole other way to an, another sort of microcosm of it. Uh, shareholders in a public company, right? The, the ones with the people with lots of shares, like on the board, what are they doing to add value to the company? Usually nothing. But they want money for those shares. They want the value of the shares to increase. And then they get money for that which they have not earned. So then the shareholders put pressure on the company to grow 20% every year, which is not in reality. Not every company can grow 20% because they want money they haven't earned. And that puts pressure on the CEO, who then in turn puts pressure all the way down through the organization, pressuring everyone in this artificial fake reality of we need to grow, we need to grow, we need to grow. Why? Can we grow just a little bit? Well, isn't thing, aren't things fine now? No, they're not. Because we've got all these people who want free money. And that causes a business to twist into a pretzel. And this is why public companies are often so dysfunctional. Because they're fundamentally, economically not in reality. Because there's a strain. It's no different than... Uh, you know, I've, I've actually seen this where you've got people on the payroll in a small business who don't work for the business. <laughs> right not in reality or if you know a business doing a million dollars a year is you know the owner is taking uh $400,000 out of the business every year that's not in reality they have not earned that most likely depending on the circumstance you see it's all the same thing it puts undue pressure on the whole system so anywhere you look you can see people not behaving in reality and then Look to see how it causes problems because it's actually very simple. You can understand. I mean, this is all I do when I help, when I work with people one on one. I just look for where they're not in reality, and then connect the not in reality ness to the symptoms, and that's how you do that. But the real challenge is operating at the level of the beliefs, getting them to let go of the false beliefs that were driving all that behavior. So, as a person, an individual, we're supposed to look at where we're. Personally, not in reality. And as a, as a manager leader, we're supposed to be looking for where our employees are not in reality. Yeah. Like, you know, just as a random example, if you're afraid of becoming a tyrannical authority who's too hard on people, and yet your entire personality doesn't show any signs of that, that's not living in reality. <laughs> then you would challenge yourself to, okay, if that's not reality, let me see what I can do. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review and it will bring you to the right place. 
If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.